The Productive Woman, Episode 18. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. I am so glad you're here. In this episode, we'll talk about how and why we can relax without feeling guilty. I'll also share my tip of the week, which is regarding a source that might help you with your online security, and my tool of the week, which is an app that can help cut down the junk mail you receive. So let's get into it. Um, We'll start with the tip of the week. And uh, you're probably, if you've been with me for a while, you've probably noticed, um, you're going to notice a theme here. Um, I'm going to be relentlessly bugging you about using secure passwords in your online life. Um, So if you haven't started using a password manager, which I've talked about in the past, Allison Sheridan on the NoSillaCast podcast, episode 491, which was just recorded in um, October 2014, does a really thorough comparison of 1Password and LastPass, which I've talked about a couple of different times in previous episodes. Remember, password managers are applications that can generate really secure passwords for you, store them in an online secure vault that even they can't decrypt. And then we'll actually can log you into your various websites using those passwords. And I use LastPass. One password's another one that gets talked about a lot. And she she kind of goes through each of them and talks about the pros and cons of each and the features of each and gives some recommendations. And she's um, uh, kind of a tech person that I uh, respect. And so it would be worth listening to this episode if you're kind of on the fence and trying to decide what to do. Um, this, uh, again, it's the Nocilla Cast podcast. There'll be a link in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 18. Uh, it's kind of a long episode, but this segment about the one password and last pass is right at the beginning. So you can listen to it. I think it takes maybe 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And then you don't have to listen to the rest of it if it's not interesting to you. It's it's kind of geeky, which I guess is why I liked it, but well worth listening to. So check the show notes for the link there. And the tool of the week is um, if you get, like I do, too much junk mail in your in, in your snail mail mailbox, you know, paper that comes in the door, um, ads and circulars and solic- solicitations of various kinds and you'd like to cut down on that paper that's getting wasted, you you will want to check out a free app called Paper Karma. And this app um, lets you, basically you go into the app and you take a photo of the unwanted mail and it gives you the instructions how to do it and you you know submit it into the app and then they take on the task of contacting whoever mailed this to you and getting you removed from their distribution list. Uh, it's and they kind of monitor that for you, and you can check the app to see how it's going along. It's a great way to reduce the clutter of all this paper coming in, save some trees, and simplify your life. Paper Karma, the the app is free. It's available in the App Store for iOS devices, Apple iOS devices like the iPhone, and it's on Google Play for um, Android 
devices. So uh, there's a link in the website um, or link to the website in the show notes. Again, that's at uh, theproductivewoman.com slash 18. So a real worthwhile tool and I've used it a few times and it seems to help. So worth checking out if you're getting buried with unwanted mail. All right. So let's get into the topic of the week. And as I was considering the options for what to talk about in this episode, um, I ended up deciding to just put the question to the Facebook nation. So I put a, put a post up on my personal Facebook profile and I got some really great suggestions, several of which I'm going to be talking about in upcoming episodes. But a couple of different people mentioned topics on similar themes, um, which were dealing with stress and figuring out how to relax without get, feeling guilty. And that issue really resonated with me. And given the, the number of people who've mentioned it lately in conversations I've been part of, it just got me thinking about why it is that we have such a hard time with that. And in preparing for this episode, I actually just Googled the phrase, how to relax without feeling guilty, and I got over 900,000 results. So there are tons of articles and materials just on, you know, in a Google search online talking about this very question. Obviously, it's an issue. And especially since as I'm recording this in early November of 2014, we're heading into the, you know, the holiday season, which is always busy and can be stressful and, and kind of frantic. I thought it, it would be a good time to take a look at this issue, you know, why we need to relax, why we feel guilty about relaxing and how we can get past that guilt and learn to give ourselves a break. So let's um, spend a few minutes talking about that. And, and as I am wont to do, I guess because I'm a, a lawyer by training and trade and a writer by inclination, uh, what words mean matter to me. And so I looked up, what, it, what do I mean by relaxing? What is it, you know, what, is, what are we talking about? Well, the definition of relaxing or relax is to make or become less tense or anxious, uh, cause to become less rigid uh, or and rest or engage in an enjoyable activity so as to become less tired or anxious. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, synonyms for relax or relaxation are unwind, loosen up, ease up or ease off, slow down, de-stress, unbend, rest, put one's feet up, take it easy, calm or calm down, and make less tense or uptight. Now, antonyms or opposites of the term relax or relaxation are tense or tense up, taut, that's T-A-U-T, wound up, antsy, fidgety, fretful, edgy, jittery, high-strung, nervous, strained, and uptight. Um, I don't know about you, but some of those, uh, unfortunately, some of those, those antonyms, those opposites uh, sounded familiar to me. So that's what I'm talking about when, when we're talking about what re relaxation or relaxing, that's what I'm trying to get at is, is getting that, you know, the whole, the benefit of becoming less tense or anxious, resting or engaging in an enjoyable activity so as to become less tired or anxious. Why do we need it? Well, there are a lot of benefits to relaxation. Uh, 
that I, you know, we know these things, but it's good to sort of rehearse them because in our 21st century world, we just don't do enough of this. But some of the benefits are to our health. Uh, according to one article I read from the Mayo Clinic, and there is a link in the show notes to this because there's a lot more to it than, than just this, but some of the health benefits of relaxation are that it slows the heart rate, which is good for your heart, lowers the blood pressure, it'll sh- slow your breathing rate, it reduces the activity of stress hormones, it increases the blood flow to major muscles, and can reduce muscle tension and chronic pain and improve concentration and mood and lower fatigue. So those are just some of the health benefits that come from relaxation, from resting or engaging in an enjoyable activity, as as the definition goes. There are benefits to our relationships. Quality relationships require an investment of time and attention, which we cannot give it. If we are so busy, we don't have time to spend with the people who matter to us, or we're so stressed out and wound up that we can't give them the attention they deserve, or frankly, you know, we, we end up fighting with them and instead of enjoying time together. Now, you know, of course, you don't do that, but I'm just saying maybe somebody you know, would, would end up fighting with their spouse because they're both wound up so tight. So uh, relationships benefit from relaxed people spending relaxed time together. Um, there are benefits just to the general quality of life. When we are stressed out and, you know, all those antonyms we talked about, tense and antsy and fidgety and all those things, we simply can't enjoy our lives or the people in it. And actually, although relaxation, um, you know, that we feel so guilty about seems to take away from doing something productive, actually there's a benefit of greater productivity that comes with taking regular time to relax and get all those other benefits. It allows us to recharge physically, emotionally, and mentally, and that lets us come back refreshed, thinking more clearly, and able to be more creative in coming up with solutions and ideas that we need. So all those things come from taking time to relax. So if it's such a good thing, and we all know these things, I mean, I don't think I've said anything, you know, earth-shattering or new that you haven't heard before, So why do we feel so guilty about taking time off from work, from producing, from doing, to just relax and chill and uh, let ourselves become restored? There's lots of reasons, you know, and I, I just thought of a few, and as I did some reading and research in preparation, came across some other people's thoughts on this as well. You know, we are just, as a society, driven to do and in a, a, an episode or two ago, we talked about, some, I guess it was the last, last week's episode, episode 17, we talked about some of the pitfalls of focusing too much on productivity. And, th- you know, one of them is that we get so hung up on doing and we're measuring our worth by that. It, it's just something in, and, and certainly in America, that's certainly part of our culture to be doing, producing, coming, you know, m- making results, producing results. And we become driven to do that. And I'm guessing, you know, if you're listening to this, you were attracted probably by the name, the productive woman. And so you're probably a person, I think, like me, who feels like you need to be doing things. 
and and it's important to do things. It's not like you know, I'm not uh, suggesting we should all be just sitting around eating bonbons and staring out the window all the time. But uh, when we get to the point where our our drive to do and and produce makes us feel guilty, then we need to be thinking about why that is. Uh, another reason we feel guilty is we have this, it's kind of tied to it, a sense of duty, of, of, of an obligation to make the most of our time and accomplish everything on our list. You know, in this day and age, even our leisure time is scheduled and structured. We sign ourselves up for enriching activities or or if we take a vacation, we, you know, we schedule it to the max in our determination to get the most out of our time away from work. Um, you know, if we're going somewhere, we, we, we're going to see every site that's there and just, you know, schedule every moment of every day. Because heaven forbid we should just lie somewhere on, you know, in a lounge chair and read a book. Uh, because what a waste of, you know, the money and the time we took to go to this destination, wherever it is. Um, you know, and we do the same thing to our kids. We sign them up for camp on every every school break or other structured activities and every lesson and sports team and and, th- and club where they're always where they're supposed to learn something or better themselves instead of, instead of letting them just be. So, and and for whatever reason, if we're not you know maximizing every moment, we're we we feel like we're wasting time and and wasting opportunity. In some cases, we feel guilty, I think, because we fear if we don't work hard and all the time, we'll be judged by others as lazy or as as not pulling our weight. And apparently, a lot of us worry about that in the context of our jobs, because at least in America, we are not taking our vacation time. One article I read said Americans in general, you know, on the average, take only half of the paid vacation time they're entitled to. Another article I read cited a study saying that 41% of American workers, and so that's almost half of them, don't take all of the vacation time they've earned. So we, you know, this is, this is earned time. I, I understand that some jobs, you know, or entrepreneurs may not have paid vacation time, but th- these articles are talking about studies of of American workers who do have a job that does provide vac- paid vacation time, and they're not taking it. And they're, the, the, I've got links to a couple of the, these articles in the show notes, and it's just really interesting to read what those numbers are and what the the reasons that are given for doing this. But a lot of times... It's corporate culture or a fear that, you know, our boss is going to think we're a slacker if we actually take time off. And I will admit that this is an issue for me as a lawyer, as a partner in a law firm. You know, there's there's this, uh, uh, it's really hard for me to just walk away and take, take time off uh, because I feel like I need to be producing and taking care of my clients and, and you know, pulling my weight. So I, I, I get this one. I really do get this one. Um, so there's that fear of being seen as lazy or of not pulling our weight, of not contributing as we should, or of being judged by our bosses or our coworkers or other people in our lives. Another reason we feel guilty, one writer that uh, in an article I read, and again, links in the show notes, talks about the guilt that comes from what he, what he calls open loops. And these are these open-ended tasks and responsibilities that we've taken on that have no defined scope or clear endpoint, 
So we never really know when we're done. And this is another one that I really thought a lot about. When I first started practicing law, I think, you know, back to that day, we were very, very busy. And I have never been one that likes to leave work undone. And so in that first couple of years, I just, uh, in the beginning, I hated leaving work or leaving the office with work unfinished. And so I'd work until, you know, late every day trying to get it all done and come home exhausted and feeling unable to relax. Because the, the thing is, at least at my job, the work is never all done. There's never a moment when you can look around the office and, uh, you know, your office and say, oh, everything's done. I'm done for the day. You know, I have no more work to do. I actually, most lawyers feel, you know, kind of live in fear of, of that day when there's nothing to do. Um, and so, but if, if the, the work is never done, when is there, when is it time to quit? You know, and, and we can feel guilty about that fact. I had to learn in that, in those early years to be okay with unfinished work. My husband has the same issue, you know, like at our farm, there's, if, if you live, have ever lived in the country, you know, there's always a project that needs doing a fence that needs fixed or something that needs to be painted or animals that need to be taken care of. So all you can do is either work every waking hour or learn to walk away from an, an unfinished task, knowing that it's still going to be there and you can come back to it later and the world's not going to fall off its axis if you take a break. Uh, but a lot of us, you know, in this article that this guy talked about, I just thought it was really interesting, this concept of open loops. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. So there's, those are some of the reasons we feel guilty about taking a break um, and, and allowing ourselves to relax. So what can we do about it? How can we learn to relax and enjoy taking time away from producing, so to speak, instead of feeling guilty about it? Well, there are a few things that came to mind. And the first one, as always, it starts with a change in our thinking. We have to learn to think of relaxation time not as being lazy, not as being unproductive, but as an investment in ourselves, in our health, in our relationships, in our quality of life. Um, and, and that really is a discipline to think about, uh, to, to learn to think of it that way. Um, assuming you generally work when you should be working, you need to, you know, I develop the habit, give yourself permission to take time off. And maybe you start small, you take a real lunch break, uh, or you schedule a Saturday or a Sunday with no scheduled activities. You, you know, maybe you're going to do all your chores and errands on Saturday and give yourself Sunday uh, with nothing scheduled, no demands, no tasks or chores that you're going to do that day. Uh, if you have a job that provides paid vacation time, take your vacation and don't fill the whole thing with household chores or, you know, plan a trip that's filled from sunup to sundown with, with activities, you know, trying to see every site and do every activity wherever it is you've gone. I, unfortunately, you know, I'm talking to myself on this one because neither my husband nor I is very good about taking vacation time other than when we've got a project we need to do. And so uh, we need to plan ahead and, and give ourselves that permission to, to take that time and to allow ourselves some breathing room. Uh, several of the 
experts or the articles that I read suggested scheduling relaxation time. Make an appointment with yourself for some downtime and put it on your calendar. Make appointments with your spouse and your family for some unstructured fun time. Um, and, and, you know, and keep that appointment. Back years ago when my kids were younger, we homeschooled for a number of years and we were generally pretty disciplined about when it was time for school, we did school. But every once in a while, I would announce an unscheduled day off when we'd just, you know, lie around the house in our pajamas and read books or watch a movie together, or we'd go hang out at the park or the library or get together with a friend of mine who had kids of similar ages. It's okay to do that. You know, you can call a vacation day, you can call a family holiday and, and, um, give yourself permission to enjoy that. Not again, going back to the, this is an investment in your health, your relationships and so on. One thing that really helps with relaxing is to, and I say this, I, with tongue, you know, kind of rolling my eyes because this is another one I struggle with. Put your tech away when it's relaxation time. Don't take your smartphone to bed with you or and during your downtime put it in another room and forget about for uh, you know forget about it for a while unplug and get away get outside um, breathe some fresh air go for a walk do those things without your tech and enjoy be in the moment and enjoy the experience of just you know not filling every moment with something some task uh, another thing that you can do to help you enjoy relaxation without guilt is to resolve those open loops that uh, we were talking about earlier. And the, this the article, again, in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 18, um, these come from an article called Relax Without Feeling Lazy, written by a, a, a guy named Scott Young. And here are some of his suggestions for how to close those open loops, those open-ended tasks. Um, first of all, define exactly what needs to be done. If you know what the end result is supposed to look like, then um, you'll know when you get there. Remember, the open loops are these undefined, open-ended things that you never really know when you're done. So figure out exactly what finished look, would look like so you'll know when you get there. Um, number two, define exactly what you'll commit to. When you've got these open-ended tasks, there's always something more that you could do, but you can close the loop and, and, and create that closure that lets you relax by, by defining the amount of time you're willing to commit to whatever the task is. You know, if, if, if it's going to take you, um, you know, you figured out this task that you need to accomplish is going to take, you know, four hours, then, then commit to those four hours and no more. Uh, number three, his third step is to define exactly the tasks that need to be accomplished. And the example he gives in the article is, you know, if you're studying for an exam, well, what does that mean? Um, and if you, it's really important to you, if you're a student or that, that you get an A, um, what exactly do you need to do? What are the steps you've got to take in, what, in order to get that A? And if you just set aside the time without knowing exactly here's what I'm going to do during that time, what I need to do to get the result I want, you're going to waste time and you're not going to be done. So make that to-do list. And number four, when you've finished, stop. Okay? 
once you've finished what you've committed yourself to, you're allowed to take that time off and enjoy it. Um, he, he notes in his article that lots of people do the first three steps but fail on number four. And instead, once they finish their to-do list, they just add more work to it. And that's, you know, guilty. So something to think about in that in the issue of those open loops. Another um, suggestion from some of the articles is that to practice relaxing. So start with maybe 15 minutes of doing nothing or doing something unstructured and fun. Work up to a half day or a whole Saturday or a whole weekend. There's a Psychology Today article, again, link in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 18, that says we humans have this drive towards mastery. We want to master things. Um, so what we can do if we need to learn to relax without feeling guilty is to give ourselves, this sounds kind of counterintuitive, but give ourselves the task of learning to master relaxation. Like everything else we do, it requires practice. So the article suggests, you know, practice sleeping, practice staring off into space for, you know, five minutes, learn some relaxation techniques like meditation or yoga or breathing exercises, but actually make that a, a project that you're working on of learning to relax um, and learning, studying up on techniques that can help you relax. Another set uh, article that I read is by a writer named, I'm going to butcher his name, last name, but it's Leo Babauta, Babauta, B-A-B-A-U-T-A, wrote an article called Get Less Done, Stop Being Productive and Enjoy Yourself. Again, link in the show notes. Suggests these steps toward learning to relax. He says, take five minutes to go outside for a walk and breathe the fresh air. Don't take your phone with you. This is me editorializing. Don't take your phone, but just uh, don't, you know, go out, relax, breathe, and work on, on enjoying that moment. A number, uh, then give yourself more time to do things. More time means less rush. So don't overcommit yourself. Um, this is part of learning to relax, is to give yourself ample time to do the things you need to do so you're not rushing around and getting tense and stressed out. Uh, number three, he says, after work, get outside, take in nature, run around if you can. Number four, he says, play like a child, play with a child, um, you know, learn to play. Number five, he says, give yourself a day off. Again, some of these things we've already talked about, but don't try to be productive. Give yourself a day when you're just there to have fun and think about ahead of time. What does that mean? Um, uh, uh, at work, give yourself an hour off. Again, don't try to be productive. Just have fun doing that. Uh, work with someone who's exciting or get excited about a project because it feels less like work. Uh, he suggests taking the evenings off. And he says, seriously, no working in the evenings. Now, obviously, if, if you have a, um, a night job, that doesn't work. But whatever time is not your work time. And another thing and I, and I, that he suggests for learning to relax, and I've lost track. I had bullet points instead of numbers. So I don't know which number this is. Get a massage. Uh, I, for years, avoided doing that because I just, I, I, this sounds dumb now, but I thought, I don't know if I want some stranger, you know, putting their hands on me. Uh, after I had my first massage, it, this was life-changing. I will take a massage anytime I can get one. It's such a relaxing thing. And so save your pennies um, and 
um, and save up to get a massage if you can. And finally, he says, just breathe. Learn to take deep breaths, relax your shoulders, and enjoy that moment. And I loved this quote from his article. He says, step by step, learn to relax. Learn that productivity isn't everything. Creating is great, but you don't need to fill every second with work. When you do work, get excited, pour yourself into it, work on important high-impact tasks, and then relax. And I just thought, boy, that's I'm going to print that out and put it by my computer. So as we've talked about in previous episodes, 21st century life is so cram-packed with activity, stress, and tension, and a lot of us have a hard time letting it go long enough to relax, rest, and recharge. Learning to do so um, though, we'll reap dividends in our physical, mental, and emotional health, our creativity, our relationships, and ultimately in our productivity, which is what this po- podcast is about, right? So what do you think? Do you have trouble relaxing without feeling guilty? Do, do, do you think any of these suggestions might help? Or can you suggest some other tips? Please share your thoughts or your questions by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 18 and scroll down to the comments section. I would love to hear from you, uh, comments, questions, suggestions, or whatever. And if you're interested in going a little deeper on the issues um, that I've talked about here kind of briefly, I will, uh, again, include links in the show notes for a number of interesting articles you could check out. So before we wrap up, a couple of quick announcements. I want to say thank you to Christy DeFord and Consuelo uh, Colbert or Colbert for the Facebook comments that inspired this week's topic. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you also to Jamie Marie, Tammy Karasik, Betsy Bisky, Bix, sorry, Betsy, Betsy Bixby, Shirley Sherman, Dana McNeely, Evelyn Howell, and Mary DeMuth for their suggestions, which I will be addressing in upcoming episodes. Um, As I've said many times, I do want to be sure I cover productivity-related topics that are useful and interesting to you. So if there's something you'd like me to talk about or a productive woman you think I should invite as a guest, let me know. We're on episode 18, and I haven't had guests on yet, but I I am working on scheduling interviews with some some ladies I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from in future episodes. So... Uh, If you've got somebody in mind that you think I should talk to, let me know. You can email your questions or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or you can leave a voice message by going to theproductivewoman.com and clicking on the button there. If you leave a voice message, be sure to tell me who you are and you you don't have to give your whole name if you don't want to. You can just say, hi, I'm Renee from Richmond. And uh, if you have a website or blog, leave the URL with your message. If I use your question or suggestion in in an episode, I'll be sure and share your site as well. Uh, I told you before that, uh, again, The Productive Woman is a proud member now of the Noodle Mix Network, where you can find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. 
And that's pretty much it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I thank you once again for spending this time with me. I hope you found something useful in it that will help you. If you're enjoying the podcast and you haven't already subscribed, remember you can subscribe to The Productive Woman in iTunes or in Stitcher. Links to both are in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com. Look for episode 18. You can also click on the iTunes or Stitcher icon uh, there on the page to get to the subscription location. Subscribing means that you get each new episode as soon as it's released. It comes straight to your computer or your smartphone or whatever you uh, use to listen to podcasts as soon as it's available. If you think the podcast is worthwhile and other women might enjoy listening to it, I would be very grateful if you would consider posting a review uh, or and rating The Productive Woman in iTunes. It helps uh, keep it visible in the, the iTunes store so people who haven't yet heard of it can discover it and come and be part of it. Finally, do again, be sure to join the conversation on Facebook. Look for The Productive Woman on Facebook, like the page and leave a post there to say hi or ask a question or, you know, whatever. I really do want to hear from you. Thank you very much to new listener Allie Queck, who stopped by and left a really encouraging note on the, the Productive Woman Facebook page. Uh, I loved hearing from her and appreciated the encouragement. Um, so I, I do look forward to talking with you again soon. And until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.